Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the first quarter 2021 Von Nelson Small Cap Value Recap Call. In the first, first quarter of 2021, Von Nelson Small Cap Value returned 13.16% gross, 12.89% net, and that is compared to the Russell 2000 value at 21.17%. And with me today is Portfolio Manager Stephen Davis. And with that, Stephen, we'll turn things over to you. Thanks, Dan. Um, just to quickly recap what we talked about last time, um, you know, we had, we had seen positive vaccine data uh, combined with the election results that indicated additional and, and further stimulus uh, was expected and, and the impetus for the strong fourth quarter rally, in, in fact, the strongest in 30-plus years for many indices. Um, Risk-on was the name of the game in the near term, and, and through the first few weeks of, of this year, small caps started to, to significantly outperform the broader S&P 500. A lot of uncertainties and questions um, had been answered, at least in the near term. Now we'll have to see and look forward towards the implications and some of the unintended consequences that, that may come down uh, further down the road. The recovery in financial markets continued in Q1 of this year with the S&P 500 and Russell 2000 value rising 6 and 21% respectively. Momentum continued from the positive vaccine data and stimulus measures passed again in the quarter. Um, it's been risk on in the near term as small caps continued this significant outperformance versus the broader market S&P 500. We're about to lap the easiest comps in the last 30 plus years, so we'll have to stay close to the data especially in the back half of the year, to make sure key macro indicators reflect a durable outlook instead of simply realizing basics and reverting to a world of no growth. Near-term inflation expectations have moved up recently, but longer-term continue to remain in line to the recent, to recent history pre, pre-pandemic. The 10-year yield moved back to a more normalized level of around 1.7%. The performance of fixed income and related proxies lagged the market materially in the quarter, but are starting to catch up a little bit in Q2 as we digest the move in rates. The equity market rally hasn't really boosted valuation multiples in any material way, indicating that the full 2021 earnings recovery hasn't been fully discounted yet. Uh, If we see growth in 2022, multiples and earnings both likely have room to move higher. It is unclear, though, as the economy continues to recover, how much additional policy support may be needed to offset the damage that occurred to key service sectors, commercial real estate market, and other industries that have been significantly upended. We've already witnessed a few material material positive Q1 earnings pre-announcements, and it's clear that estimates are still materially too low, at least for the first half of 2021. Companies have now had over one year to improve a, a great number of things that should lead to margin outperformance for a number of quarters. Liquidity, cheap financing, and strategic bankruptcies are also giving companies fresh starts on the other side of the pandemic. Turning to the portfolio, looking back on the quarter, we thought it would be helpful here to provide some context around the positioning of our small cap value strategy. While the strategy materially trailed the index for the quarter, we feel better about the portfolio today than we have in several years. We put substantial thought into how we would structure the portfolio for a post-COVID world. We sought to take advantage of the dislocations in the market to invest in companies with secular opportunities beyond simply the reopening. This does not imply we did not build exposure to the reopening opportunities, 
While building our cyclical recovery exposure in the portfolio, we avoided investments in companies that are facing secular stagnation but are temporary beneficiaries of stimulus checks and temporary government programs. We also avoided companies where margins or product pricing are not sustainable as the economy fully reopens. In some situations, a full reopening will cause material cost increases in their economic model, i.e. restaurants, or bringing on additional capacity as closed plants come back online that will hurt pricing, i.e. steel production. In other sectors, such as chemicals, we chose to own the distributors versus the direct commodity producers, as many material producers will have to contend with rising input costs and slowing growth in late 21. Distributors will benefit from the price increases and are in better position to address slowing growth later in 2021. Uh, these still offer comparable upside to material producers at similar or better valuations. We also chose to exit regional banks in favor of better median-term return prospects. The offset to not owning the banks was also not owning REITs and utilities. As the yield curve steepened and the banks rallied, the relative underperformance from not owning banks was more than offset by avoiding REITs and utilities, which are negatively impacted by rising rates. The result of our positioning was a cyclically exposed portfolio, albeit with a lower, lower beta than the benchmark and more exposure to the later stage recovery than early cycle. In other words, if the cyclical move we have now seen is sustainable, we have a large catch-up phase for our cyclical holdings. If growth slows or margins mean revert, the current market leadership will give back their gains while our cyclicals still maintain fundamental and valuation support at current levels. This commentary describes our cyclical exposure and does not address the secular growth opportunities also owned in the portfolio. Our portfolio is concentrated in names that are very well positioned to grow earnings well beyond the short-term benefits that many of the reopening stories enjoy. In short, we have positioned the portfolio in names that have great medium and long-term growth opportunities. The sustainability of this strategy is evidenced by the earnings estimates for our portfolio versus the index. The Russell 2000 value year-over-year earnings growth estimates for Q1, 2, 3, and 4 are 29%, 21%, 13%, and negative 7%, respectively. Contrasting that to the small cap value strategy, using fact set estimates, our Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4 estimates are 29%, 24%, 24%, and positive 1%. Whereas earnings for the index are set to decline in the back half of the year, the small cap value portfolio has sustainable growth well into 2022. Market action in Q121 continues to favor loss makers, high short interest stocks, and companies with PE ratios more than 100. The first quarter through mid-March, these factors created a drag on performance north of somewhere around 500 basis points. This phenomenon was evident in 4Q, but in 1Q it has been taken to a whole new level with the trade being stoked by option gamma-induced short squeezes, i.e. GameStop and AMC, which are also in our benchmark and the breakdown in quantitative momentum and head strategies, both of which are one-time in nature and ephemeral. As the reopening euphoria begins to fade, the market will begin looking into 2022, and that should trigger a rotation into those companies that have right-sized their organizations over the past year and positioned themselves to grow earnings well into the future. We have concentrated the portfolio in such names and are confident that they will ultimately be rewarded. As for the qualitative part of the quarter, 
The highest returning names for the quarter were economically sensitive companies that significantly benefited from the economy reopening. We had strong performance out of some of our tech names and some of our semiconductor-related names, as well as high-quality businesses that were simply too cheap and likely took material material market share and have a brighter-than-expected outlook from here. Our underperformers for the quarter fall into two buckets. One, names that were viewed as partial COVID-19 beneficiaries and took a breather in Q121. And two, names that simply didn't go anywhere. And it could be for various reasons. It could be longer cycle names, underfollowed names, catalysts to come later in the year where the investors want what's, what's here and now. We had a bit of cash drag as we weren't aggressive enough putting money to work very, very early on in the quarter. We continued to spend time in the quarter upgrading the portfolio into what we believe are better risk rewards at good valuations, and we ended the quarter around 53 names. We purchased seven new holdings and exited four names that reached our valuation targets. And we also sold a stub of a spinoff and had one of our holdings acquired. We didn't shift a lot of the portfolio characteristics around that much, and we added a we added a bit of value bias on the margin, but don't own the secularly challenged sectors within value and don't own things that won't grow, like REITs, utilities, return of capital names. We're continuing to look for and have a positive view on firms with sustainable top and bottom lines, pricing power, consolidating industry structures, self-help opportunities, and strong balance sheets, all at good valuations. To sum up, a lot of events unfolded in the quarter that created a lot of noise, volatility in share prices, and unsustainable price action in various parts of the market. And while we were disappointed to have lagged the index, we feel confident in the portfolio being able to deliver greater than, greater than index EPS growth at good valuations as we continue to recover from the pandemic. With that, Dan, I'll turn it back to you. Well, thank you, Stephen, very much for the, the thorough look into the small cap and small cap value space. Uh, certainly, then quite a ride for, for those names over the last uh, quarter and, and certainly for the last year. So appreciate the, uh, the thoughts, and we very much look forward to having you again here at the end of the second quarter. So uh, good luck in Q2, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.